Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Welcome to another edition of 5000 to 1. It's uh, Athletic's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as ever is my co-host, Leicester City legend, former captain, Matt Elliott. Matt, good morning to you. Morning, Rob. Good to speak to you, as usual. What a fine morning it is, Matt, after the uh, emphatic 5-2 victory at the Etihad against Manchester City. Leicester City doing it again, top of the table. 12 goals scored, three victories. Couldn't have gone any better considering the doom and gloom that was amongst some of the supporters coming into the season. That was just phenomenal, wasn't it? As usual, life is never dull at Leicester City. There's always something happening. Well, on occasion it was, you know, the game against against Manchester City. No one could have foreseen that coming. I'm sure even Brendan Rodgers, uh, even though he will rightly profess a lot of wisdom and a lot of effect on the result because of the tactics that Leicester adopted, but even he wouldn't have foreseen such a magnificent result. And it was it was stunning stuff, wasn't it? And plenty to talk about as a result. Well, should we start with the game plan? Because uh, a lot of people were fearing the worst when Riyad Mahrez put Man City ahead with that finish. Great strike from with his wrong foot as well into the top corner. Yeah. And it, it seemed like, and certainly looking at the social media during the game, a lot of Leicester fans thought, oh, come on, at least, at least let's have a go at them. Because it was very different to what they're used to under Brendan Rodgers. And he admitted after the game that his natural instinct is to be positive and, and for his teams to take games on. But they had decided on a game plan for this game with Jamie Vardy sitting on Rodri as well, doing a defensive job, soaking up the pressure, and then Tielemans and Mendy breaking the press and then hitting them on the counter-attack. And it could not have gone any better, could it, Matt? Well, eventually, yes. I mean, you could see it was a game plan from the start. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, you, know, you see that as soon as the, the team selection comes up. I, 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 like a lot of other people, Leicester City supporters that you just mentioned there, I was mildly disappointed, uh, if I'm honest, you know, because I thought Leicester had been a little, a little bit negative-minded when they'd gone up against Man City last season, in particular the game at, at the Etihad, where I know they took the lead in that game actually, but um, they were allowing Man City just to come on to them all, all throughout the game, and eventually you know, something gave way and uh, they could have had a, a bit more of a go at Man City. So I just thought it'd be good to see Leicester like, playing well, one, two out of two, test themselves out properly against Man City. And so I was I was like, like a lot of other people to say, I was a little bit disappointed really. And then, But then it, the realisation dawned really, didn't it? You know, it, it was a game plan, you get that. Um, a couple of questions about you know, Daniel Amati playing, and a lot of people semi surprised at that. He did a fine job, as it turned out as well. But the key was, if they're going to adopt that approach, 
is you just mentioned it there, Tillemans and Mendy, being able to break that press in advanced areas um, or deep areas in terms of Leicester City's positioning. Uh, not, don't give the ball away too early because otherwise the waves will become incessant from Man City and they'll just get a grip on the game. And early on, Leicester struggled to, to get out because they were being harassed primarily by De Bruyne, I, I would say. But um, in midfield, Rodri and Fernandinho, were, they were doing their stuff and, and putting pressure on Leicester and they were struggling to make any advances. But once those two players, again, Mendy and Tillemans in particular, amongst others, found a way to, you know, to, to get quality ball through to the front players uh, or to break that, that line of pressure, if you like, and Jamie Vardy mentioned it afterwards in an interview. He said, break the press and then you're directly at Man City's back four. And when that occurs, they struggle, don't they? Because they're, they're isolated as a defensive unit. They haven't got much protection. And they defend individually. And they don't look like they're accustomed to defending, basically. It doesn't look like they <laughs> no, work they don't. They it. normally got the ball, haven't they? So they don't need no, to defend. Exactly. I mean, I know there's rumours about it, but whether they're true or not, but, you know, but, Guardiola has mentioned before, you know, we don't practice tackling in, in training and it doesn't look like they practice defending too much. It's just the, the emphasis is all on about winning the ball back and keeping it and doing something with it. But they're going to come up against teams, as they did yesterday, where they're going to have to defend as a proper unit. And then, then they looked incapable of doing it. And Leicester certainly capitalised and full credit to them because once the sort of penny dropped or, or they managed to manoeuvre and find a way to avoid being closed down early, um, They've caused all sorts of problems, didn't they? As we saw. I mean, it sounds bizarre to say it. I know they were aided by penalties, but that doesn't detract away from the magnificence of the result. But it could have been more. It could have been more. And how strange is that to say? I know it was three penalties, but it's three times I got in behind the defence. And, exactly, and as a yeah. former centre half yourself, Matt, when you're watching a game, you must watch it completely different to the rest of us because you must watch these guys and go, What are you doing there? How are you getting drawn into making those sort of challenges? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you say, that they were you know, genuine penalty claims uh, in dangerous advanced positions. It wasn't just a ball in the box that struck someone on the hand, etc. Oh, we'll get to that in a bit, Matt. Well, there is yeah, <laughs> there is that subject, of course. But I mean, yeah, amateurish, wasn't it? Amateurish defending, to say the very least. And I mean, when you, you know, look at the quality of the players that you know are in that in that back four, but it, it's it's alarming, really. It must be for Guardiola, but they were. Um, you know, they just came up so short, didn't they? And it, I mean, Garcia in particular would probably bear the brunt, but Mendy as well, who was pinpointed before the game as well. There were areas to to try and exploit and expose because I think Brendan would have seen that from the Wolves game. I mean, they were very impressive at times in that game and ultimately got the got the result. But Wolves hurt them severely three, four, five times in a in a condensed period of time just after the break and. Should have been ahead, never mind back on level terms. Something that Brendan would have noticed, and the players would have too, picked up on that, and it gave him encouragement, and they acted on it. Well, what about the performance of Jamie Vardy? I mean, he started the season superbly. Four penalties, is obviously, to his five goals. But, you know, he won the two uh, at Man City as well. He's looked lively. Only 21 touches in the game yesterday, but <laughs> we were 21 effective touches that defined the game in many ways. He, he started the season just superbly well. And I think people... Uh, underestimate his uh, tactical brain, his footballing yeah. brain now. Um, he does understand how to create space. I mean, we highlighted in previous podcasts how he was dropping in a little deep, deeper to allow Dan Dennis Pratt to run beyond him and cause a different problem as well. 
there is nuances to his game. He's not just the like the afterburners and charge forward, is he? He's, he's really turning into a cerebral striker. Yeah, I think that's more than fair comment. I've, I've said it myself for quite a while now, really. Fortunate enough to watch Leicester City and Jamie Vardy regularly, and there's more to his game. I think it's too too easy to say, oh, he's, you know, he's a one-trick pony, he's only good in certain areas and a good finisher. He's got more to his game. His hold-up play is generally of a, of a higher standard. And his intelligence as well, yeah, um, you know, to take on board instructions within the game and, and fulfil a different role. But for me as well, it's his, his mental strength, really, and his discipline, um, the capacity to go long periods throughout the game without being involved too much. But he knows he's, he's serving a purpose for his team um, without actually being on the ball. But, you know, he constantly poses that threat. The second, his second goal yesterday. I mean, what oh, a finish that is. What a finish that is. I mean, what a and goal. He's done that before for England yeah. in Germany. The England goal was actually probably even better, Rob, wasn't it? Mm. It was even further out, wasn't it? But yeah, to have the presence of mind to do that, you know, to get across his, his man in the first instance. But you could see it was likely that the cross was going to be in that area. But he had the wherewithal to get across. You know, a lot of centre forwards are lazy. They think, well, I should go across there, but I probably won't. Get on the end of it. It probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a wonder ball. I want a wonder ball to score in the middle of the goal, but he weighs up the odds, plays on the percentages, and he, well, he reaped the rewards, didn't he? he with his bit of individualism as well, and outfoxed, excuse the pun, uh, you know, Edison and Garcia again. But he was, um, he's top class, isn't he? You can see the respect he's got from, you know, his colleagues, uh, obviously from the supporters, media, everyone who's involved with Leicester City. He's a uh, you know, top notch. Was he top goal scorer again already? Is it? Or, yeah. There were some great um, stats coming out after the game, Matt. I mean, a Pep side has only ever um, conceded a hat trick on three occasions. The one yeah, other player right. that scored a hat trick against them is Lionel Messi, and Vardy's got the other two, which I thought yeah. was an incredible stat. And then um, that's the first time that a Pep side has conceded five. And it's Leicester City that have dealt that blow. It's um, remarkable. It was a record breaking day. Jamie Vardy, the only player to score a hatchet against the Pep Guardiola side away from home by all accounts as well. So wow. there's a few nice little headlines there to pin up on the uh, the game's room wall, isn't there? Or the bedroom wall. But um, mind you, there won't be a lot of room left at the moment for Jamie Vardy, will they? But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it does look good. You know, the, the game plan is mentioned and Brendan Rodgers looks looks like, you know, he's the best coach in the world, doesn't he? You know, on, on the back of how things panned out and the way that you know, Leicester were able to follow the instructions. So it's, it's one thing talking about them, you know, it could be the right means in method, but actually going out there and displaying that ability is, that's the key, isn't it? Because, and you're right, harping back to your initial point, uh, many players can take credit for it, but in particular, Mendy and Tillemans, I think they were sort of the instigators uh, yeah. for, for breaking through and then allowing Leicester to, Basically, run riot as it turned out. Um, a little bit of quality from James Madison never goes amiss either, does it? What a goal that was! Almost gone under the radar because of yeah. that. You know, everyone's talking about the magnificence of the result and how many goals scored. And you know, a goal like that from Madison, everyone be if that if that had been the winner on a one nil, he'd have been lauding it for months, never mind weeks, wouldn't you? But he's uh, he's played his part as well, which is great to see. Um, and a lovely tribute to the former Left City doctor, Stuart Burtwistle as well. Yeah. Uh, holding the uh, T-shirt aloft with his image on, holding the uh, Premier League trophy. That was a, a poignant moment. 
Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles you like and everything at the price you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalised just for you. You'll pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back items that aren't right for you. Get started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic now. Matt, let's talk about Mendy, because it's a piece I've written on the Athletic website now, um, looking at how his change of fortunes has happened over the last six, seven months. It looked like he wasn't, uh, he didn't have a future at Leicester City. Um, I remember sitting in press conferences with Brendan when we could sit in press conferences and they weren't all on Zoom and asking um, Brendan about him because he, he'd hardly, I think he'd, at the time when we asked, he'd, he'd made six appearances all season. And Wilfred Diddy was the, the holding midfielder, the number one. Hamza Chowdhury looked like he was the, 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 the backup. And he pretty basically admitted he was in the last year of his contract. Uh, he's got offers from other clubs. It looks like he's going to go. And um, why would he want to stay? Because he's in 27, 28. He want to play. So it looked like he had no future left at Leicester City. Then coronavirus, lockdown, and everything's changed. Leicester City then offered him a contract because... They don't. They didn't want to spend time and resources trying to get a replacement for him. When there's other areas of the team they wanted to focus on, and I suppose from a Mendy perspective as well, it's an uncertain world out there for free agent players. Right. And I mean, there's a number that are free that still haven't got um, clubs. Andy King and Danny Simpson being two of them. You know, the clubs shrink their budget because of the lack of match day revenue. So suddenly, it, it just changed the dynamic, and he's re- been reborn as a Leicester City player. Uh, with Wilf having to play centre back, and now he's got he's got a pivotal role to play. With the confirmation that uh, Nididi has got to uh, undergo an operation to repair uh, a groin muscle, and he's going to be out for twelve weeks. It's a, it's a dramatic transformation for Mendy. Yeah, it certainly is. But just, just touching quickly on, on that point you said about uh, James Madison there in, in respect to and remembrance to, to Stuart Burkwistle. Yeah, he was a, a, a very popular member of the squad, effectively. You know the. A surgeon and doctor involved with the team for many years. In, uh, I, I knew him on a personal level to, to an extent, and uh, so sad news that was. Yeah, and nice that um, respects were paid in that way. But uh, moving on, sorry. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Papi Mendy. What story for him, isn't it? You know, on a personal level, as you say, I mean, you've described the, the situation pretty well there. I mean, that's a big factor as well, isn't it? His age, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. It's it's not as if, you know, you're 22, 23 and it hasn't quite worked for him and he's perhaps got, you know, room for development. You might be a bit more patient with him. But uh, Brendan Rodgers has obviously seen something in him that he hasn't, in fairness, shown, uh, not regularly anyway, you know, thus far before pre-season in his Leicester career. He, he's brought in to sort of fulfil a role. And I don't know if he had unspoken of sort of niggling injuries i don't know because or he, he couldn't quite get top fitness yeah uh, he had because... a long spell out with that uh, ankle injury that cost him a yeah. season then he went out on loan i remember interviewing him uh, when he was uh, came back from france from his loan spell and he said it took him another six months to be playing pain-free 
So he's, yeah. he's been through a fair bit with injuries. Yeah, prior to that, he, he'd done okay at best, but he hadn't sort of uh, put his name in light, shall we say. But um, he's... But that injury, that, that is going to be a, a big issue, isn't it? Like you know, he said that people people forget that. Oh, he's come back, he's fit, he's ready. He, he, he wasn't at the level he wanted to be. And it seems that you know, players can be affected differently with, with uh, different injuries. We're all reacting in a variety of ways. Um, he's, he's got himself in peak fitness now. I mean, you could see, it was evident even in the pre-season games, in what's the the game against Birmingham, their training ground. And he was sharp into the challenge. He was strong. I mean, he's a diminutive stature, but he was physically aggressive, covered the ground well, read the game well, neat and tidy on the ball. Everything that we're seeing now, um, he's an intelligent footballer and I think he's showing his his true talents now. Uh, and But to do that against the quality of Man City, let's get it right, is, uh, is some achievement. And there, and it, you know, also confidence in himself. He's played a high level of football before. He's not just a a young pup coming into the fray and learning, learning you know, on on the beat sort of thing. He's uh, you know, he's 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 played a decent level of football throughout his career, and that and now he you know, he's, he's he's holding down a position in his own right, and you can see that he believes in himself, and he's becoming a huge part of the team, and he will be extremely important, as you say. Uh, over the coming weeks, when Wilfred indeed has been missing, and it seems like he's uh, he's overstepped Hamza Chowdhury along the way again, which is no small achievement. Well, the one negative uh, about the day was the injuries. Uh, it did come as a bit of a price that victory with Dennis Pratt uh, coming off with a knee injury, uh, Johnny Evans, a uh, little calf, tight calf. So we'll have to wait and see with him. But it just emphasises even more. Going into the final week of the transfer window, how Leicester need to bring in some reinforcements before that uh, that deadline. Um, they're still trying. It looks like the Fafana deal is going to be a difficult one. Sources saying 90% he's going to stay in France now. And um, apparently Leicester have gone back to Burnley now and tried again with Tarkowski to see if they'll do anything. But there's no way they're going to get Tarkowski for £30 million. Pounds. Uh, Burnley going to uh, stand firm on that. They value him at 50. Perhaps 40 might get a deal done, but whether Leicester are willing to go to 40 million for him, I'm not so certain about that at all. So, uh, But they do need to get some bodies in because already at the start of this season, we st- start seeing some injuries when they did he going out for 12 weeks as well. Um, it's vital they get some business done, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was worrying yesterday. A lot of players going down in sequence, weren't they? Jamie Vardy came off. Eventually, and it looked like he was going to come off 10 15 minutes or so earlier. Um, managed to score a penalty in between, I think. <laughs> um, but he was he was holding his groin also, a little bit yeah. of a common theme, possibly. That, that yeah, that's he, gonna... he explained that afterwards, and he said that he's got a little growth just on the, the bone in his hip, and occasionally right. that gives him problems, but he should be okay for next week, that he'll just need a couple of days' rest. But um, still, um, to see three players come off with injury in, in one game, and we've got a long season ahead in terms of the, the amount of games in a short space of time. Yeah, yeah well, I wonder what that injury was with Vardy, because you know, it seemed to be bothering him for a length of time. And you think, well, if it's Paul groin, Jamie, like, you, you've probably you've done your job today, pretty much. Um, you know, come off and rest it as best you can. But if you wouldn't risk he understands him, would you? what it is, yeah, if you saw him giving a nod to the bench and you thought he seems in control of the situation. It's not something that's going to get worse. Um, not drastically anyway. 
over a short space of time. So, yeah, that's encouraging. But the other lads, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I think Brendan's but he said publicly, hasn't he? He's looking to strengthen. He said, in an ideal world, we haven't done 50% or we've done less mm. than 50% of yeah. what we would like to do. So that's the sign two. That suggests he wants to sign at least three more in a, in a perfect world. Unlikely at this late juncture, but... Um, you would expect at least one more through the door. Tarkowski, as you mentioned there, you know, without labouring the point too much, you see, I think 40 million is, you know, it, it's well gettable if Leicester are willing to pay that. And when you look at Maguire going for 80, and you know, perhaps shouldn't be saying this in uh, in terms of like Leicester City's transfer dealings, but... But this is how Burnley are thinking though, isn't it? Well, I can't blame him for that, to be honest. You know, Maguire's 80, Tarkowski's, he's worth 40, isn't he? <laughs> Probably not the right thing to say, but I think he is. Well, Senga Zunda should be uh, available for for the next game. Now he's got his uh, his work permit issue sorted. He's been training with the uh, the team this week. I, I've got to ask you, Matt. Did you see the tweet that Leicester put out when they announced Unders uh, signing with the black hat and the black leather coat folded up in the middle of the King Power pitch in reference to the wrestler, the Undertaker? Were you aware of that? Right, I did. Do you know what? I did see it, and I didn't quite grasp the, the connection. <laughs> but then I read a little bit deeper. And, and yeah, I was like, oh, right, got it now, got it now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Under, we've taken Under, Undertaker. Well, anyway, he got a response from the man himself, the dead man, who uh, tweeted back, digging holes, scoring goals, hashtag LCFC, which uh, caused quite a stir amongst the fans on social media. Are you a wrestling fan, Matt? I've always thought yeah, it's something you could turn your hand to, isn't it? A bit of wrestling. <laughs> Did plenty of it in the six-yard box in your day, oh, didn't you? Well, there, yeah, there was a bit of tussling going on, wasn't there? But I'm not quite sure how to take that, Rob. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> no, I did. I, well, sadly, I have been to a few WWF events back in the day, <laughs> but not on my own. It was due to having to take my my son and his friends uh, many moons ago. What an experience it was, though. Uh, I mean, it's funny seeing grown men chanting away. They, the theme tune comes on and they know what wrestlers coming up behind the scenes or the screens uh before they even appear, which I found slightly bizarre. But, uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's all in the best possible taste, isn't it? Went down ringside and stood next to Big Show. Oh, my word. How oh, big was he? Oh, he's seven geez. foot tall, is he? Seven foot two, yeah, he's something like 26 stone or something. I think he's even more than that. I think he's about 30 stone, actually. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't Happens want to, to be as we get older, Matt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've got that to come, maybe. But I, I wouldn't want to be tussling him with him in the six-yard box, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I went to a couple of events when I was a, a kid. I can remember as a kid eating um, fried tomato sandwiches on a Saturday afternoon when uh, World of Sport used to put the wrestling on. That was way back. And then I remember going to an event with um, with a friend of mine who was a big fan. And these two wrestlers come out and they the, the, the big build up and the, the music and they got in the ring. And it seemed to me they just played a game of peanuts for 10 minutes where they just locked fingers and tried to hurt each other for 10 yeah. minutes. I thought, what's this all about? It's just a little bit weird admitting we went to wrestling events anyway. It's even weirder that you admit to having fried tomato sandwiches. What is that all about? I don't know if it's a Midlands thing, having a bit of brown sauce on fried tomatoes in a, in a white bap. That's, uh, uh, that was good old Saturday, days, eh? Saturday afternoon tea. <laughs> Times back were hard the day. back then. <laughs> Harry's sponsors 5000 to 1, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they brought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brand. 
Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover. As a listener of 5,000 to 1, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash Leicester City right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Leicester City. I've got to ask you as well, the other big talking point from the weekend, uh, VAR, handball, Matt. Now, if you were playing now and these th- these penalties were being given... You 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 would struggle to contain your composure when you. I mean, Eric Dyer. I applaud Eric Dyer for the way he controlled himself after yeah. that penalty was given Tottenham. Where are we going with this? I mean, because nobody seems to know what is handball and what isn't anymore. Is it above the sleeve, below the sleeve? What is it intentional? It just it's just a mess. Yeah, it's always been point of contention, hasn't it? You know, deliberate, not not non-deliberate, etc. And exactly what are the rulings? But they've just been complicated, confused, compounded now, haven't they, the, the, the problems? Because, I mean, that, that instance there, Eric Dyer, that one, I mean, uh, you would be going berserk. I mean, Mourinho has been, been quoted as saying, that, listen, I, I don't want to talk about it I, because if I want to give money away, I'll give it to charity, not to the FA, because he knows he's going to get fined. And in this case, you, you can't blame him, can you? Because, you know, you put all your preparation, the hard work, the effort, application to, to grind out a result, and the last, very last minute is pretty much of the game, isn't it? A, a decision like that goes against you. And, it, and uh, did you see a clip of the, going slightly off tack at the moment, about the free kick that was given uh, before the ball went into the box for the, for the handball? That was a ridiculous decision itself. So <laughs> they've had two horrendous decisions on the chalk, conceded late on how are you meant to swallow that? And as you say... <laughs> you have to commend Eric Dyer there, although I don't think I'd be in the same boat there. I mean, it, it ultimately wouldn't get you anywhere, but it would drive you absolutely berserk, wouldn't it, in, in that instance? But where are we going? We, the thing is, it's, it's, it's universal, isn't it, that people are not agreeing, you know, with, with the rules that are being brought in or applied. And, and, and VAR are getting a chance to look at it, and they're still, or they're reversing decisions, or they're or they're endorsing an initial wrong decision. And you don't know where you're going. I mean, the one in, in attacking sense is, is bad enough, isn't it? You know, it just if it hits the, your hand at any time within the build-up of the goal, the goal's cancelled. You know, and it's, I just hark back to it. It's meant to be intentional, isn't it, really? Yeah. And I think people know the difference. So say about an unnatural position. Uh, yeah, I, I think if you do that, then you know that you're putting your arm in an unnatural position. You know that it could have a, you know, an effect and, and, and block the ball. So most most right-minded people who, who've been involved with football long enough know the difference between intentional and not. You know, that, that's probably the most simplistic way to, to put it going forward, but will they? Probably not. Well, VAR was brought in to, to try and just clear up the clear and obvious errors, like the one at Anfield that we saw a few years ago, when Wes Morgan dived full length to block a cross with his face and he still got penalised for handball, even though it never touched his hand. VAR was supposed to be brought in to rectify 
those problems. But it just seems to have just taken over now. And, it, and I'm, I'm so pleased that, that we didn't have a contentious issue like that in the Leicester Man City game. Um, because that would have probably taken the gloss away from Vardy's performance and Leicester City's performance. But it's certainly an area that needs to be addressed and addressed quickly, because when you've got managers like Steve Bruce, whose team have just profited from that, coming out and condemning the law as well, because it seems to be the law as much as the application, or probably more than the application, then it certainly does need to be rectified. But I'm not sure they will. I don't think they'll do it mid-season, that's for sure. I think, you know, very rarely you see that. And you wonder where the... I don't know where does the, you know, the the intention come of you've got time to sit and consider it over a period of time and then everyone's complaining about the sort of over complexities of the laws these days and the rules and then they just introduce more and it becomes more of a minefield and it doesn't have to be that complicated I think like I'm saying with you know, handball it, it a lot of the rules need a drastic overall, don't they? I think too. I mean, the game it does frustrate me. I mean, I look at yesterday. Sancho got booked. Uh, I don't know if you remember the incident. Yeah. He hardly touched Rodri. Rodri has obviously exaggerated the contact. Ref, come on, you can see that foul, maybe yellow card, but mm. not at all for me. They cause a lot of their own problems, don't they? At the moment. Yeah, little things like that. So, you know, it's just, oh, the referees have got to be a little bit, little bit clever, a little bit more aware, haven't they? Because you know, players, rightly or wrongly, are going to try and use a bit of kidology. Um, but going at the handball rule, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I, the way I understand it, and it used to be, it was like, it's got to be intentional. And then if it's not intentional and you're not putting your, your hand in position, you know, out of the norm, then it's not a penalty for me. But that's probably sounding a little bit old school, but it's more simplistic and easier to apply, that's for sure. Well, let's finish on a positive, Matt, because it's nearly full time in this podcast. But uh, Leicester City are top of the table. Uh, it might be three games, <laughs> but they're there. So let's finish on that. Matt, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Uh, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. And don't forget to join us again for another edition of 5000 to 1 next week. Mm-hmm.